I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There's a slice of cheese, Minigoji and Sopolis. I have a dream. Arnie, cut. Bartler. Eh, the fella in the green and white short. The guys up in the joy have asked to be put back in their cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the goo blood. He has the goo blood. Get out! Get out, man, you ain't that... Let me add a little bit of spice to that. Is he a fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew Stoke were that good. Welcome everyone to the Only Fans <laughs> Football Podcast for the fans, by the fans, episode 21. We're going to call this one the Adzi. The no, Wagner yeah. Love. The Wagner Love, everyone. The Wagner Love making a move to FC Metajland, I think, of Denmark. It's such a crude song, isn't it? I'm just listening to the lyrics now. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, Cran. It was an interesting weekend in Premier League football. Um, interesting week in life, Cran. We're free, baby. Maybe well, for mean... you. Maybe for <laughs> you, Adzi. <laughs> You're going to be dealing with sassy Cran in this episode. COVID riddled sassy Cran, who oh, is still. You'd like that, current... wouldn't you? Oh. <laughs> Maybe I like the misery. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mrs. Doyle of Father Ted. How was your week, Ron? Uh, I'm gonna assume not great, but how did you get on isolation? Uh, I mean, it, my week was fine, Adzi. My week was it was rough. I'm not gonna say it was fine because it wasn't. It was a rough week of isolation from COVID. I'm still riddled. I'm still riddled, man. It's 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 getting to me because this is the eighth to ninth day of it now, and I just keep testing positive. So. I'm just going to wait. I know everyone's free. I know everyone's enjoying themselves. Everyone's vibing around the place. All the lads are out tonight, by the way. All my mates are out tonight. So it's sort of like a kick in the face in that sense. But Welcome, everybody, to the Only Fans Football Podcast Therapy Session. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? Adi? One thing that's getting me through it, and I'm, I'm going to talk about it a bit more later, but one thing that's getting through is, is my PS5. God bless Sony. God bless oh, yeah. all the folks over there because if uh, isolation was a thing in the, in 1980 rather than two, 2022, it would be a lot harder. Yeah, it was so, a week. Ah, Cran, come here, look at My week was Grant. Yeah, it was Grant, man. And do you know what it is? I was, I was listening back to the podcast last week and me and you are the two worst predictors ever. <laughs> so on last week's podcast, we both agreed that Nigeria would go would go far, maybe to the final of the AFCON, to which they got knocked out yesterday by Tunisia. So we were both completely wrong there. And I said the Buffalo Bills had won the Super Bowl and they got knocked out by the Chiefs last night. So it's been a bad week in predictions, but other than that, it's been good, man. And I think we have, we have the icebreaker coming, of course, but one of the things that, big in Ireland this weekend, it feels like the, the mood of the country's been lifted. 
is it feels like things are getting back to normal. It's a bit strange because it just feels like COVID has disappeared when it's like still quite clearly here. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's what we've all waited for and I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing. But it, it does kind of feel like, well, bam, we're back in action, baby. And back in action, we were the weekend, Cransom. Of course, you know, we've been doing dry January. We've been repenting the alcohol. And to be fair, I did. I wasn't really craving a drink up till the announcement, up until Friday evening. And Michal Martin announced that, you know, the pub was be out properly from six o'clock on Saturday. And it was Saturday evening, Cran. I found it quite tough. I'm not going to lie. Looking at everyone out and I was like, oh, I'd love a gargle. <laughs> <laughs> and then last night rolled around and myself dave and cottle we went we went for a few well i mean i was drinking guinness but lads are drinking cocktails in the infamous memas of course i feel like a broken record talking about it, but we do we do love memas and that got me thinking cran as i'm sure well i hope you have something for this because i haven't quite got anything for it yet but um it got me thinking what would i call a pub if i owned a pub cran and I put it to the only fans faithful. And I'm going to start off with with Craig, good friend of yourself, who simply replied, Kieran McGrath's gaff. What do you think of that? <laughs> I mean, it's just so Craig, isn't it? Like, it really doesn't make sense, but, you know, continue. We have, we have a good one from Philly who says, I'd name it truth because truth isn't one thing like Dublin isn't one thing. Now, that's a bit of a riddle, Cran. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't got the mental capacity to really take all that in. So if you can explain that one, I'll give you a fiver. I suppose he means that uh, truth can be interpreted as as a lie as well. If you're telling a truth that's false, and then Dublin isn't Dublin because Dublin isn't is is uh, <laughs> it's it's riddled with urban sprawl. Maybe that's what he's saying. I don't know. I've absolutely no idea what he means. I'm not gonna lie to you, but Philly, come here. We'll 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 give you it this week. We'll give we'll give you we'll give you a chance. What we crown? No, these these are nonsensical. I'm not having this. <laughs> like for fuck's sake. Sennin, Sennin goes. I'd call it pub. Okay. Now, if if that's not a person thing to, to say, what like what 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 is it? You know what I mean? What do you mean? You just call a pub? You have to be a bit creative, now, Frank. Come on. But yes, we have one from Tom now who who sends this one out to Dubliners. He'd call it the Mero, obviously a good, you know, a good Dubliner song, excuse me. Can't speak these days, man. It's too late and feel hungover. But we move on to Dave, who would call it the McLaren's pub, Cran. Now, do you, do you know why he's called it the McLaren's pub? McLaren's is the pub in How I Met Your Mother, Cran. Is it actually? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I've never watched that show before. Yeah, it's actually decent. I would advise to watch it now, I have to say. It's a bit, bit of a kind of stupid American kind of comedy, but it is oh, it's yeah. decent. Jerry go, goes with his for being named The Bluffer's Bush. <laughs> Do you like that one, Cran? <laughs> That's the best so far. <laughs> Jesus is weeping. What would you name your pub, Cran? I have one written down here. It's My pub would be named Cran's Crack House. Crack spelled with C-R-A-I-C. House, oh, crack, so not crack, actually like, yeah, yeah, not actually like crack. Yeah, it's crack no crack. drugs allowed. No, no drugs allowed. Strictly, strictly prohibited. You see, when I put this up earlier, I was like, "Oh fuck, I'll, I'll give myself time to think of a, of a name for a pub." 
and I'm sitting here and I still can't really think of one to be honest. Um, you see, I'd go with the alliteration. Like I'd, I'd name it like what something like Adzi's, I don't know, Autobahn or some shoot like that. But I don't really like the alliteration, Carl. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I'm gonna call it the multicolored pyro because I'm holding the multicolored pyro on my hand. <laughs> That's creative, man. Oh. Say, fair play. Come here, look at. I have a picture of Divock Garigi here as well. I was gonna try and shoehorn him in, but I think I think we'll leave it with that. <laughs> and that's the icebreaker for this week, Crans. Thanks to everyone for putting their pubs in. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the award to Jerry for the Bluffers Bush. Yeah, that was my favorite one. <laughs> they're all pretty shy now, to be fair, but they're, they're to Jerry. <laughs> the Prem de la Prem has. The Prem de la Prem, if Prude was listening, she'd be quite happy. Yeah. Is that her name Prude? Or Pr- I think it's Prude, is it? Prude, Prude and Paul. Paul, how you Yeah. Know? Yeah, fuck them both. He fucking gets mentioned every episode as well. It's like, it's like an OnlyFans thing going, sending, sending on Paul Hollywood. Fuck's sake. Yeah, and it was Dorothy Michael there for a period as well. I wonder how he's keep. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully terribly. <laughs> Hopefully he's keeping well. He gives us great, great mileage. Like you know what I mean. Where would we be without Tony Michael? Yeah, probably, probably still making a mediocre football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Adi, we start with the Friday night kickoff. Yeah, the, the battle. A weird, a weird weekend, Cran. I thought in the Premier League. Ah, yeah, well, games being stopped left, right, and center to fucking. The floodlights in this game on Mark and the Bollocks, and then you had the drone and the Brentford game. But yeah, we start off. Vicar of Drowd, yeah. Yeah. Wofford nil, Norwich tree, Cran. Give me your instant match reaction. As if you've just watched the match there. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a shoulder shrug because I don't really care. Um, I, yeah. got a te- I got a text from Philly. He was watching this game and he was like, Are you watching the Norwich Wofford game? And like, what sort of question is that to ask anyway? But <laughs> I, I sort of went, I actually didn't know it was on because I didn't, I didn't know this game was on, to be honest. Um, but it ended up 3 0 to Norwich. I turned it on after 1 0. Um, Joshua mm. Sargent, what a fucking goal, has he? To make it, yeah. Work. I mean, I, I can't move my leg like that, so I don't know how he can. Like he scored, he actually got a goal. And to be fair, I remember we gave him grief at the start of the season when he missed an open goal against Brighton, and uh, deservedly so. Like it was a poor miss, but his performance is actually very good. Yeah, he was he's very, very done very well, and he's been doing kind of a job for Norwich recently, where he just does a lot of running around, and it's kind of it's kind of selfless in a way. But you have to get something from him eventually, and. It was against Watford where it proved crucial because the first goal, as we said, was great. Great play by Pukki as well. Um, and then the second goal was second goal was lovely as well. So, yeah, good win for Norwich. And... Great, great header. And then the final goal was Adam Edo, I think. He hit it against Jurak Kuka. Kuka. Yeah. And An own goal. Own goal. Um, 3 0 Norwich ecstatic. Yeah. Do you know what it is, man? We're after being quite. Um, Rootless for our predictions this season in the sense of we keep saying Norwich are down. Well, maybe they're not. I remember Dave said it on a podcast. We ridiculed them. Right, again, rightfully so because Norwich were dust. Mm. But they're putting in some performances now and it's kind of like 
can they actually stay up? I don't, I don't, personally, I don't, I don't see them staying up. I think, you know what I mean? I think they'll play everything soon. And if they do, they might get something out of them. But it's teams like Everton, Newcastle, you know, Southampton maybe that they'll get points off of. But I don't know. I, I still think that I still think they're dead and buried. But Josh Sargent, by the way, more goals than James Sancho this season in the Premier League. Oh man, stop! He actually had a very good game, though. To be fair, I think it's the first game I watched where he's played well. So yeah. To be fair, it's the first game I watched that Norwich has played well, so it stops. I wouldn't be hard. We move on. Oh, very true. <laughs> Everton nil, Aston Villa won. Cran the Saturday morning, Deloitte. I was watching this on Saturday morning with oh, a nice no. cup of coffee and a few sausage rolls. Having a right. grand that morning. It was a good game. Sausage rolls were better, though, I'd say, were they? Better than watching Everton, anyways, yeah. Mm. Yeah, the smallest person on the pitch scored from a corner. <laughs> Work that one out, like, come on, everything. Richarlison comes back in, you know, Calvert-Lewin starts. Like, they, they kind of put out their best team. And obviously Villa with Stevie G and Coutinho, they're their best team out as well. But they're, everything, they're just so bad. You know what I mean? And I'm not even I'm not even slating here, Cran. I'm being genuine. They're generally awful. And you could write a list the length of Crow Park of problems with everything. It's just a mad situation being for Everton and look, I do think they'll stay up, but um It's not looking good. Yeah, it's just it's not looking good. But we just touched on Villa real quick. I thought Aston Villa are great. The best player to come from Catania moving to Aston Villa so far has been Wendy. Yeah. Wendy has been immense and I think he's finally reaching that potential of that that kind of expectancy that everyone had of him when he went to Villa for was a thirty minute, I think. So He's been very good. Obviously, he got the goal on the day. But Coutinho and Luca Dean down that left side were very good as well. I thought. I thought Luca Dean, and to be fair, Luca Dean isn't a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. You know, he's a very good player. He's a skilled player. He's one of the better left backs in the league. And yeah, it's just such, again, it's just a mad situation that you think of it that Everton sold them to Aston Villa and then sacked the manager, and it's kind of. It's just a crazy situation to be in, but Luca Dean has more assists now for Aston Villa this season than he has for Everton all season. So it probably says a lot about his performances for Everton. Mm. Brentford Wolves. This was a very interesting game, I thought. Yeah, one two. <laughs> Wolves with the win. Um the drone man. Who in their right mind flew a bleeding drone over the stadium during the game, man? It was it was such a I was looking at I had Gillette Soccer Saturday on with Jeff and Tim Sherwood, unfortunately. And I had the Newcastle and Leeds match on the one time, but they kept they kept coming back to this game. I think Clinton Morrison was, was looking at it. It's like there's just there's just a, a drown, Jeff. There's just just a drown up up uh, up above the stadium after coming off. And it's like yeah, a bit of context be nice, like, you know what I mean? It's just it's, it's, it's mad. Russian Who's man. Yeah. <laughs> Rare. I don't know if you if you've heard about the Russians in the news today, but could very well have been could very well have been Putin and the boys. They they're scouting locations for the missiles. It's uh, off the or- coast of the Irish Sea and it's Brentford Community Stadium as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, a quick quick thing about Brentford though, actually, I don't think we mentioned it last week, and it was kind of when the news broke as well. But Christian Eriksen looks to be making a return. When I came back, Joe Martino, what fucking finish that was! Honestly, man, outside of the boot. 
the swerve on it, it was a set. It was if if you could describe that goal in one word, and I'll probably end up using different to you, but I, that goal was just sexy, absolutely sexy. The finish, the curl, everything about it was just just a beautiful goal. And Brentford losing at home again. The home form this season has been great. They're kind of struggling, but Ivan Tony got a new haircut and he scored another goal. So yeah. he 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 looks to be if if he can. They're kind of relying on Tony, and it's a bit of a hard one because he is he's definitely a player he has great ability. But is he a player that you you're, you want to rely on? Probably not. You know, I do really rate him, but he, he needs he needs more support from from his teammates, anyways, because yeah, he's, I mean, he's struggling to keep them going. You know, you look at his stats for Brentford in the Premier League this season: six goals in twenty-one games. Yeah, it's not bad for a struggling team. But as opposed to last season when he had that great season, it's yeah, he's not reaching those levels. And you would expect that drop off, but you know, Brentford probably need reinforcement. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like that Ruben Neves goal is beautiful, but then at the end of the game when it finished two one, Thomas Frank got sent off. Yeah. Was going on a mad one. And I think I think that's just frustration on his part because he you know, he's taking the team from the championship up to the Premier League and look at when you look at their starting eleven, there's not a whole lot different from a championship side that they were. Mm. You know, I think Christopher Oyer at the back is probably the main one. But it, it, again it's it's a bit of an awkward situation to be in because you you don't want to bring in too many players. Like I know Wissa came in. I don't think he's a player you can rely on. I, I think they do need kind of like a seasoned Premier League player. I think Ericsson could be a great boy if he comes back and you know if he's fully fit and if he's able to play it could be a great sign but yeah, yeah I, I still think Brentford to stay up now to be fair and what about Wolves Do you, are you impressed nah not really now they won the game with 10 men didn't they so it's, it's a good result do, do you know what they're going under the radar a bit man to be fair again they're missing Huang He Chan at the minute which is which is a tough loss but Again, Jimenez didn't start on Saturday either, I don't think. So they are struggling a bit squad wise as well. But I think I think Wolves again, I think Wolves be grand. I don't think they have anything to worry about. Whether they can break into Europe, I doubt it. We move on to Leeds versus Newcastle. Leeds at home in Allen Road. And I have to say, I was very surprised to see Newcastle win this game. It was probably I think Shearer was on on match of the day and he said it was their best performance in the season so far. And I'd sort of like to echo those words because I think they won the midfield battle. And I think John Joe Shelby was actually very good in the game for a player who was, who was so mediocre. Like, he, yeah. he showed up. Um, and I thought Alan Sam Maximan as well was very good in the game as well. So yeah. Newcastle showed up against Leeds. And do you know what? Two wins for two relegation teams. It's about yeah. to get fucking tasty, baby. Yeah, it's it's a very big weekend for the likes of those teams because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have thought, especially Norwich for me away to away to Wofford. Now I know Wofford are down there as well, and we didn't even talk about it. But Ranieri's after being sacked. Um, yeah, I do. I, I do think I do think it's going to get taste now. I still, to be honest, which I still think it's going to be Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley going down. But at least a bit of form, you know, makes that bit it bit more interesting. Maybe Leeds, Leeds and everything get dragged into it, but Shelby scores the free kick right through Melier. Now if I'm a Leeds fan, if I'm Eno, I am fuming. But I do I do think when you're watching a young player grow, 
mistakes are inevitable. And I just think it was very poor on Saturday from him. And I would be fuming if I was a Leeds fan. I would be fuming with it. But at the same time, these are kind of things you take with young players. And look, okay, great result for Newcastle. They'll be happy. And I was looking at it on DSTV of India, I think it was. I do think it was Newcastle's best performance. We'll move on to United versus West Ham. I, I was watching this game. It was boring to hell. Jesus Christ. Like, you sit down, you're in isolation. You want to be entertaining football. You sit down, you watch that tripe. My God. Like, come on, play a bit of football. Um, but, yeah, I thought West Ham were very competitive with United. I think that was partly the reason why it was such a bad watch because it was like no team was coming out on top. The, there was a lot of dueling going on. Um, I thought Rice was excellent in the midfield for West Ham. Suchek as well, good good midfield that Sam have, but I think at the end of the day, United look more threatened, and I think that's the problem. Like Jared Bowen, he was excellent for West Ham on the day, but he really was the only threat they had. Like the likes of Fornals, Antonio, Antonio, I don't know what's happened, Antonio. He's just become obsolete in the last few games after had such a good start to the season. The end of the game was telling because United had the likes of Rashford, Cavani going forward with Ronaldo. You know what I mean? That's going to win you the game on the counter rather than the front three West Ham have, even though they are such a good team. And they do they did compete with United on the day. It was the individual quality that showed in the end. Yeah, essentially, like, when a team has when the team has better players, most of the time they come out on top. And hmm. especially in those, in those crucial moments of the last 10 minutes of the game, you know, that's where the likes of Ronaldo and Cavani and Rashford thrive. No, I think I think a stat that came out that game was that's Rashford's fourth ninety plus minute winner and I think it's the most in the Premier League ever. So when you have clutch players like that, you know, it's good. It's definitely good for the likes of United. John Moss was the referee on the day and he blew up for his first free kick forty seconds into the game. Just tells you everything you need to know about John Moss, just slowing the game down. Every single throw in he'll let let the player take as much time as he wants just because he's he can't run around the pitch. But yeah. Manchester United won West Ham nil, and yeah, look a good result for United. Two good results in a week for United, um, and yeah, they'll be happy with that. And um, we'll move on to the title race: Southampton yeah. versus Man City. There's only a one yeah. horse in this race. Southampton put it up to Man City, and you know, I think you spoke of a few weeks earlier. You were like, "There's not enough teams that put it up to them that gave them a good game." And I think West or Southampton did a good job in that this weekend. They scored the goal early. I think that's what you have to do against them. You know, Walker Peters runs down the line, scores a beautiful... It was similar to the um, Jamie Chino uh, outside the boot finish. And then they held out all the way to the 65th. That's when City got that header. The game just died off then. Ended one all, And it's like the first time City have dropped points in 12 games. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not looking good for the rest of us, but... Yeah, it's the first time City have dropped points since October in the league. And I, I was baffled by that. And it's just, look, it's just a great run they're on. You know what I mean? It's just a cracking run they're on. And it's no surprise that they're, what, they're nine points ahead of us now at the minute. And, and then six if we beat them or if we win our game in hand and then three if we beat them. So, mm. but that that's a lot of ifs. You know what I mean? You're, you're kind of looking for a lot, of, a lot of things to swing your way. And look, we'll talk about Liverpool's performance now in a few minutes. But, um, yeah, look, I see I've just been another animal and 
for me, I was massively shocked by the game on on um, Saturday evening. Great, great result though for Southampton. To be fair, yeah. Well, one of the performances that won him it was Salasu. I think he was playing centre back, was he? He was just yeah. winning everything. I think he had like the most interceptions on the pitch. But like, yeah, I have that written here actually. <laughs> I have that written down here. So he had the most tackles, most successful interceptions, most um, clearances. Most duels won and most touches of the ball for Southampton. So unbelievable, unbelievable performance by him. You know what I mean? It really was. Um, he was immense. And I, I remember at the start of the season when we done our predictions, I think I had Southampton to go down as kind of like a shock. Um, and I <laughs> I stated Salisil. I said he's fucking dire. And <laughs> in the bit in the biggest game of the season, he comes in clutch and the performance one, it was generally for me, it's arguably performance of the season by a single player. You know what I mean? And what other what other performance can I think of? You know, I think of Salah against against United and Old Trafford would be a great one. Um, Foden against Liverpool and Anfield was great. You know what I mean? But this performance by Salah Silva was out of this world. We move on to the Sunday game. There's four Sunday games, Cram. Four of them today. Or for them yesterday. Jeez, man, I'm still hungover. I'm still drunk. I'm not really. Arsenal nil, Burnley nil. I'm not even going to speak. Do you want to speak? I don't want to speak. No. Like Fucking shite, man. I, was, I spoke about Arsenal before. And I think this is what's going to hold them back from getting the European places, if not top four. Like, yeah. dropping points at home to Burnley, of all people. Come on. Like, wake up. Smell the coffee. Burnley are going down. You need yeah. to be beating Burnley. I'm kind of raging they haven't signed Andy Carroll yet. <laughs> to be honest, that's kind of my big takeaway from Port. Burnley are, yeah. they're a bit of a pest to play. I was just, you took the words out of my mouth. I was just, just about to say they're a bunch of pests. Mm. I'm sure they're nice people now, but... Poor result nonetheless for Arsenal. We move on to Palace against Liverpool, lads. Mm. Take it away, baby. 3-1 to the Reds in the end. In a game in which... How do I put this now without sounding like an agent? But the drop off in performance for Liverpool man in this game was sensational. And when I say that, when I say that, I mean it in a bad way because the first half an hour, first 35, 40 minutes were as good as I've seen Liverpool play this season. The pressing, the passing, the movement, like it was akin to how we played in the season where we where we won the league. That's yeah. how impressive it was. And especially the pressing. We like Palace couldn't get out of their half. Van Dijk scores a bullet header in the in the first half. With he gets up brilliantly. Wabam back in the net one nil, and then it was Oxlade Chamberlain who got the Oxlade Chamberlain who got the second one. And we I slayed him a bit last week on the podcast, but overall, man, you know he's he's filled in the gap of Mane and Salabin missing, and he's filled it in quite well. There's two goals in his in as many weeks, and yeah, he's he's performed well. So. 2-0, we're riding high, 30 minutes in. And then there was a ball over, I think it was Elise, over the back of Liverpool's defence, in behind. I think it was Mateta who got through and nearly scored. And from then on in, that's all Palace kept doing. We just kind of, like, we didn't we didn't drop back. You know what I mean? We kept playing the same high press, high line at the back. But it just caused more problems than, you know, solving them. And, I was baffled in the second half that Klopp didn't tell them. Just drop back five yards. Just drop back five, ten yards there. 
and stop stop allowing them to play the ball over the top. Even if it means, you know, losing losing out midfield and, you know, the ball, they, they, they keep the ball more in midfield and we, we haven't got it. That's fair enough. But don't be, you know, don't be acting the maggot and, you know, leaving so much space in behind because that's where they get the goal eventually. The ball played in again by Elise and it was Matetu who got on to it, who squared it to Edward. Lovely finish, 2-1. And then, yeah, it was it was very frustrating to watch because of the level of performance that we had in that first half an hour. You just thought Palace were going to score the whole time. You know what I mean? And it was it was worrying. It was worrying to look at. And in the end, we got a lucky penalty. It was never a penalty. Never in a million years a penalty. Um, the VAR is an absolute shambles. You know, we've talked about it before. I think the technology is good. But I think the referees are poor and they're not they're not going hand in hand. And, you know, people will blame VAR and say VAR this VAR, but it's not VAR, it's the referees. Mm. Um and for the referee to turn around and say, No, go go to the go to the screen and look at that because I think the penalty was mad. Fabinho scores it and look at it's a good win for Liverpool. I'm I'm buzzing with it. I said it yesterday too, I'm delighted with it because we needed it. You know what I mean? When C drop points you need to make those points up. You need to get those three points. We just have to keep winning our games and hope to God that City drop points at some stage, you know? I was about to say there, I was never worried about Liverpool in this game. I know you you, you like to temper expectations, but I, I do think the reason I didn't watch this game was I was very confident Liverpool were going to beat Palace. They've only won two and ten, and those two were against Norwich and Everton. So it's it's like why would you expect them to get results against Liverpool? But um, yeah. good win for Liverpool. I do think Palace have had a bit of a drop off. That's a bit worrying, but I think they'll stay up regardless. Um, they've they've only won six games this season, which I find amazing. And one of them being away to Man City, I find I find that's that amazing. Um, even even at, at the game at Anfield, they were great up to a point, and it was just set pieces that let them down against us. So. It's again, it's a bit of a sticky one for Palace, but I like I, I think Debbie Brown to be honest. I suppose we'll move on to Leicester Brighton. I wasn't watching this game, but no, another goal for Pats and Daka and another goal for Danny Welbeck. Yeah, I think Pats and Daka have had a good upturn in form. I think he has, he has two in his last two now, and mm. Danny Welbeck as well, having a bit of a what would you call it, a Ramantonda or a Renaissance, a Renaissance, yeah, yeah. a Renaissance. Shout out Leonardo da Vinci. And <laughs> and DiCaprio, but one of the one of the good guys. I was actually watching Django and Change yesterday. DiCaprio, unbelievable. Good unbelievable. film, yeah. Fair draw there, I suppose you call it. Leicester intent, strange with Leicester, isn't it? They're they're a bit less consistent than they were last season. Rogers sort of sneaking under the radar. Not a great season from him by any means. Um, Incredibly average, man. Brighton Incredibly average. average. I mean, yeah. No, you like. I actually, <clears throat> funny enough, Leicester are another team that I don't, I don't necessarily mind, but they're such an average side. Like I mean, I say this, they beat us over Christmas, and I'm sitting here thinking, hell, because even even Spurs during the week came back in the last two minutes of the game to win a three-two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're just, they're just, they're a strange side, Leicester. And we're talking about Spurs being bottlers, but Leicester are can bottle, can bottle things as well. So. Okay, it's 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 a result where well, they didn't bottle the league when it matters. That's all I'm saying. And Spurs did. True, very true. Moving on to Spurs, um, it's happened again. Tottenham Hotspur. 
it's happened again. 2-0 to Chelsea. Let me just soak in this one. 2-0 to Chelsea. Another win against Spurs. Spurs have been shambolic against us this season. <laughs> they have not scored a goal, lads. We've played them four times and they haven't scored. Three times on a month you've beaten them, which I think is hilarious. I thought this was an excellent game from us. Um, like The first half wasn't great again. I, I said it in the chat. Our attackers are awful. They're just really bad at the moment and they're struggling for consistency. And that was in the first half I was saying that. And it did improve dramatically in the second half. Um, but I just don't I don't trust any of them at the moment. Like you have the likes of Salah, you have the likes of Mane, you have the likes of Jota, who are consistently banging in goals. Now, regardless of what Dave thinks about Mane, he's more consistent than anything we have up front. You know what I mean? Yeah. So absolutely. It's 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 a case of we're Chelsea Football Club, we're champions of Europe, and we don't have any reliable attackers. Like that's worrying. And in the second half they actually showed up. And I was very surprised to see Ziesh, who's been so poor for two years. He's been awful. Mm-hmm. He's had a good game every ten games. But yeah. in this the last few games I've noticed an upturn in form. Um and in this game specifically he was absolutely brilliant. And the goal he scored, man. The creme de la creme. Yeah, Best it was a lovely go on sorry. Curled into the top corner, the postage stamp, they call it. What a goal, yeah. Um, Yeah, lovely left foot finish. And he's away two years for that goal, which I think is mad because the level that Ziak is at, the level that Ziak performed at for Ajax is mental, you know. And he comes into Chelsea and just decides he doesn't want to play. Um, now, look, a good win for Chelsea again. And like, like, like Liverpool, all we have to do is just keep winning games, keep putting pressure on City and hoping that City kind of fail along along the line somewhere I, I can't see it happening but look at you're saying there about unreliable attackers I, I, I personally I disagree I think you have <laughs> you have a fountain of attackers who are you know cracking players maybe not maybe not you know as good as what Liverpool and, and Chelsea or Liverpool Liverpool and City are kind of working with but I do think the likes of Havertz you know Werner Mount um, Pulisic, Ziyech, Lukaku, like these are top performers. I think this break is coming at a great time for Chelsea because I was reading somewhere that he's played a game every three days for the last six weeks, six or seven weeks or something like that. He's so, played the most games of any team you know, in, in the league. Um, so you need, needed that rest kind of, you know, but yeah, good result for Chelsea. Well, that's one thing Tuchel's playing where he's very, the players are very fatigued. But yeah, you're right. The, the break does come at the right time and I don't think there's another league game till the 20th of February. I imagine yeah. that. So you have, you're flying out to Saudi Arabia, come back, fresh head on us, hopefully. Yeah. But um, yeah, I do think we could get sucked into that title race only if Liverpool beat City and if they put pressure on them. That's the only way yeah. we can get sucked in. But I don't think it's it's really um, realistic at this point. I think it's between Liverpool and City. Right, God of the Week, Eddie. And my God of the Week this week is the American Dream, the Stallion, the Shagger, Josh Sargent. For his two goals against Wofford, for his luscious ginger perm, his scorpion kick, which was sensational. Josh 
Sergeant, you have my heart. More goals than Sancho this season. What a player. Your God of the week. <laughs> I'm going to give it to um, Selassou, the Southampton centre-back. He was excellent. I think he got a little show. Absolutely. Your goal of the week, Cron. Goal of the week. There's only one contender for me. Hakim Ziyech. What, what a goal. I don't yeah, it was lovely. See, you won't see a better goal this month, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I was going to give mine to Fabinho. No, I wasn't. <laughs> um, I'm giving mine to, to Sarah. Oh, do you know what? I'll give it to Moutinho's goal. Yeah. Outside of the boot, lovely into the bottom corner, which was a great finish. Yeah. So, Joe Moutinho gets my goal of the week. Sorry, I, I, I was cut off there, audio was. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This fella Ronaldo is a cod. And our cod of the week this week is... Mr. Emmanuel Dennis. Someone we love on this podcast, let it be known, is Emmanuel Dennis. But he had an absolute shocker on Friday night against Norwich at home. Um, yeah, it was just a bit of a mad one. Loads of people had him triple captained because on fancy football because he has a dual game week and then he just gets sent off. I think it's very sad for all those uh, loyal fancy Premier League users. They just got screwed over by no other than Norwich. Imagine having <laughs> your your weekend ruined by Norwich. Norwich and Josh Sargent. Emmanuel <laughs> <laughs> Dennis. Our Hall of Fame segment this week. We put the Hall of Fame up on our Instagram there recently. Um, it's the, yeah, update. the updated version. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're coming so ticking fast. It's hard for me to keep up. And I, I think I missed, <laughs> I missed about six of them. So, yeah. Your Hall of Fame this week, Edson. My Hall of Fame crown this week goes to Wagner Love, former CSK Moscow player, Brazilian legend. I'm pretty sure. He, he joined Metajlin this week of Denmark. And we talked about it in the intro. I'm fucking buzzing he's back. What a player. What a cracking player. Absolutely. You're, you're a Hall of Fame fan. A great FIFA 10 player. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give my Hall of Fame to Red Dead Redemption 2, Asi. I was talking about the <laughs> PS5. Red Dead Redemption 2. What a game. It's my favourite game of all time. You know that? I'm really, mm. really enjoying it. It's getting me through this isolation period. It's keeping me sane. I get to be a cowboy again, which I haven't, I haven't played that game in about three or four years. Honestly, recommend it to anyone. It's Hall of Fame material. I'm telling you, it's the best game so far. Couldn't agree more to Couldn't agree more to I think it's an absolute unbelievable game. Wagner Love up against Red Dead Redemption. Be sure to vote on our Instagram in the coming days. As, as most of our listeners will know, and we hope they're watching Cran, don't we? Um, AFCON has been taking place, Cran. And I said it, I said it earlier, but we, we completely got it wrong about Nigeria. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read through the draw for us, right? So this is one side of the draw. You have Burkino Faso who beat uh, Gabon seven six on penalties crown. Did you see the keeper doing backflips? Yeah. <laughs> he did about <laughs> seven or eight of them in a row. And then for good measure he did nine. It was sensational. Sensational from the Burkina Faso goalkeeper. It was Bertrand Traore. After a night out. <laughs> 
Tunisia beat uh, Nigeria 1-0 and it was a bit of a shock because Nigeria have been doing well and as we literally said last week on the podcast, we did think they'd go all the way, but clearly not because it was Wabi Kazri's Tunisia to beat them. And Kazri himself has actually been playing very well for Tunisia. So in the quarterfinals, it will be Burkina Faso against Tunisia. Yeah. Who do you think's going through there? Bit of a turn for the book, sorry. Um, I'm going to give it to Burkina Faso. I think that keeper's backflip will tear them through that uh, toy. The spirit of the spirit of the backflip. <laughs> In the in the next game we have Senegal um versus Cape Verde. That's taking place tomorrow, um twenty fifth of January. Yeah, I think Senegal so far, man, and it's a bit of a mad one. They only have one goal in the tournament, but they haven't conceded a goal either. So they've kind of been very stern to play against. Like I mean, you're you're not getting great enjoyment out of them at all. But they're up against Cape Verde, you know, Roberto Lopez and Rovers up against Sadio Mane. And I for one hope Senegal smash them. And then Mali against Ectoral Guinea, you'd expect Mali to go through there. So that 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 would be the quarter final if that's the case. On the other side of the draw, you have Guinea who lost one 0 to Gambia last night. And or was it earlier? I think it was earlier, wasn't it? Gambia. One 0 to Gambia. What a result for Gambia who've had a, a mad tournament. They've been playing very well. Um Guinea went into the game with no Nabi Keita who was suspended. And it's bit it's a bit of a sad one because for Nabi he was playing unreal. Yeah, two man of the matches out of the three games he played in. He scored that screamer that we talked about last week. And then he was suspended for this game. And it was the game they ultimately lost to uh, Musa Barrow's goal of Bologna. So, yeah, Gambia true. And they, they, they'll play the winners of Cameroon and Comoros in the quarterfinals. Cameroon are, Cameroon are true. So, Cameroon up against Gambia. Um, Cameroon have been doing unbelievable, man. Abu Bakr and Toko Akambe for Cameroon have been unbelievable. And like you said, I, I do think I do think Cameroon could go very, very far. The games on the 26th Cran sees Ivory Coast up against Egypt Cran in what could be the game of the tournament. Could be. I think Ivory Coast would like the floor with them, though. Yeah, I, I do as well. I think Salah can only do so much carrying. And he, he scored a lovely volley there the other week. Um, but he hasn't really got, got going other than that. Um, Ivory Coast, and anyways, yeah. I, I reckon Ivory Coast. I said at start, I think Ivory Coast will win it. Mm. So I think we're looking at potentially a Senegal and Ivory Coast final. Yeah. Um, if they both go, if they all go through to the final. But the last game is Morocco up against Malawi. Um, yeah, I have nothing really to say on that other than Morocco will probably go through. Yeah. Yeah, Af- that's the AFCON update for anyone who, who cares. <laughs> Euro trash, Euro treasure, Cran. Where do you want to start? Do you want to take it away? Yeah, I, I do. I'll start with Euro treasure. We'll start with a bit of nice, a, a nice news, and some nice. Uh, what would you call them? Nice bit of sentimentality around it, but also just a nice touch in general. Devon Plank of Excelsior in the Dutch league. Excelsior, yeah, go on, Excelsior. Excelsior, uh, name of a famous little lager as well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, Excelsior. Yeah. If you're at the bottom of the barrel, I think it's 40 cent a can, not anymore, about two euro a can because it's gone. Yeah, I'd say it's gone up now. But um, yeah, Excelsior, nice lager and a good team as well because they gave this fella Devin Plank, who is struggling with chemo at the moment, they gave him a guard of honor onto the pitch. 
obviously I yeah. nine nil up at this point, but they brought him on. It was a nice touch, and I just think it was worthy of your treasure because my heart was a bit touched by that. It was nice. Yeah, I I have the exact same thing. You do, do you? Yeah, the exact same thing. Um, he's gone through chemotherapy for fibula fibula cancer at the minute, and. I'll be honest with you, Con, I'm an emotional man at the best of times, and especially this time of year. But um, yeah, I was getting a bit teary-eyed looking at it. It was, it was very touching. It was um, very genuine from my acts, you know what I mean? It was something that, you know, they didn't have to do, no one had to do it, and to do, to do it the way they did it was, was very heartwarming. Yeah, so absolutely, that's that's probably our most treasured Euro treasure, I'll be honest. That that was, it was a beautiful moment. Euro trash, Con. Euro trash. Moving on to something negative now. Um, Euro trash. So I'm going to give my Euro trash to Harter, Harter Berlin in Germany mm. because they are struggling at the moment. 13th in the Bundesliga. What can I say? I'm, I'm going to pivot onto their their rivals now, Union Berlin, the fan owned yeah. club. I think it's 100% fan owned, Union. I want to get over to it, man. I want to get over to Union. <laughs> they beat Borussia Mönchengladbach at the weekend 2 1. Um, and they now go fourth in the Bundesliga. They move into the Champions League places. And for a team that wasn't in the Bundesliga a few years ago, it's a, what yeah. call it, a meteoric rise. Yeah, it's very impressive. And I, I even I really like the Union Berlin jersey as well. They're, they're a good side. That, that, that's a good one, Gun. And can you believe it? Red Bull Leipzig, a franchise-owned team, you could say. They're sixth. Mm. I thought that was nice, Adzi. Two nice things. That mm, I for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Two negative people. But what do you have? What your trash can is, so I sat down, pick, picture me now in the house, okay? Big bottle of, I'm still drinking it now. Well, it's it's filled with water at the minute, but Volvic, touch of fruit, strawberry, sugar-free. Sat down on Saturday evening to look at Lazio and Atalanta. Atalanta, of course, the Serie A team I love, close to my heart, dear to my heart. Um, and it was the worst game of football I've watched all season. It was oh, fucking dreadful. Well, wow. everyone was out in the pool, but I was at home watching this show, and it was awful. It was an awful experience. I'll be deadly serious, but it was a terrible evening. Um, Atalanta now find themselves ten points off Inter Milan at top of the league. They're still in the top four. They're one point ahead of Juve, and they have a game in hand. But that game. On Saturday evening, it's fucking dreadful. Lazio aren't great either. You know what I mean? Lazio aren't the best. And Atalanta, Atalanta definitely aren't the best. But Atalanta went there and I'd have put money on them, smashing them. I'd have put money on them, scoring a few goals. Because that's, that's, that's why I like Atalanta. Because you do get a few goals in the game. Hmm. And it was just dreadful. Off game of football. What did they finish up? Nil all, was it? Nil all, yeah. Oh, Jesus, Adi. I feel bad for you now. Move on, Cran. To get it out, get out, Manchester. I said that. this week. This week, Cran. Shout out to Alberto Moreno. This week, Cran, we're talking about. Seeing as you've spent most of playing the PS5, we're talking about FIFA, and FIFA's team of the year, ultimate team, of course, for anyone who plays it. I I do personally enjoy it. No, I, I will say that I do think there's ways around. Like you don't have to buy coins to have a good team necessarily, but you kind of have have that know-how of the SBCs or whatever. But that's all irrelevant. We're going to be talking about Cran FIFA's team of the year. Now, I was going to say, did you see the official? 
I was looking at it earlier, but I completely forget it. I'll try and remember it. Oh, I think, yeah, Marquinhos is in it, which is just absolutely... It's, it's Donnarumma, Hakimi, Marquinhos, Ruben Diaz, Eric um, Cancelo, N'Golo Kante, Kevin De Bruyne, um, Jorginho, Lionel Messi, Robert Lewandowski, and Kylian Mbappe. That's that's the FIFA team of the year. And we're going to pick our own teams of the year, Cran, so will we kick off the goalkeeper? Yeah, we will. Um, I'm going to pick Edward Mendy, man. I don't think, like, I'm not being biased here or anything, but he's had a great season. Um, and I, I, I think him, if you look at his rise as a footballer, he was, he retired or he was on the verge of retiring. He was released by his club. He went from the second division in France with Rem. He got promoted in 2018. Chelsea scouted him. Peter Cech scouted him. Recommended him. Went to Chelsea, won the Champions League, won the FIFA best goalkeeper. Now, if that's not telling you someone's worthy, if, if that doesn't tell you that he's worthy of a team of the year card on FIFA, mm. then I don't know what does because I just think it's a fantastic rise of a, of, of a career. And it's a sign that perseverance, if you work hard enough, you can achieve anything. And if you don't give up, you can achieve anything. And I think he's a good role model. So that's why I pick him. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a player as well that's overlooked a lot of times, isn't he? I think he he kind of he kind of snaps at he kind of uses his platform as well to kind of point that out that you know that he's not in team this season and it's not being arrogant or anything. He is generally a very good player. I'm going with uh, Donnarumma. I think the Euros we all remember quite fondly because of how it ended. That that Euro final in Wembley was. Sensational, and he had a great tournament. He was he was unbelievable all tournament. You know, he saved penalties and shootout as well. And but yeah, I'm gonna go with Donnarumma for me. I, I think even getting the move to PSG as well. I think that's a big move. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Donnarumma. We move on to the back four. Do you want to go position by position, or back four by back four? Or sorry, we'll go back four by back four. My bad. Yeah. So uh, I'll go with Cancelo left back. I'll go with Chiellini centre back. Or sorry, Benucci yeah. centre back. My God, get those Italians mixed up. Um, I think he's had a good season for Juve and for Italy as well. Um, I think if Juve lost him, they'd be in a lot more trouble than they are. And that's yeah. saying something. Um, so I go with him. Um, I'll go for Ruben Diaz. I think he's had a very good season with City. Uh, got them won the Premier League. He's winning the Premier League again, and he's he got the Champions League final. And I think yeah, he is that rock at the back for them as well. We'll go with Trent. Yeah, so that that means we have the exact same back for us. <laughs> so I have Trent, Diaz, uh, Benucci and Cancelo as well. Um, I, I don't think it's too hard to pick, to be honest. Like, I've seen in the in FIFA's one, it was, you know, Hakimi was in. And I'm, like, I'm a big fan of Hakimi, but I'm surprised at that, you know what I mean? I think no, Trent's been... They don't been, deserve it, man. They don't deserve it. I, I don't know yeah. who's voting for them, but... Um, yeah, Hakim is good, but I don't think he, he would deserve it over someone like Trent or even Reese James. Yeah, I'm fairly certain it's a fan vote, which kind of makes it a bit more expected. You know what I mean? Hakimi with the move to to Man to Man City to PSG, and if you're a FIFA user, he's a very usable player. You know what I mean? Like he's he's quick. He has good cross and pass noise, um, and he's like that in reality as well. To be fair, he's a cracking player. Um, but yeah, I, I just think Trent, and we've seen this season, 
he breaks his own records, which I find amazing. You know what I mean? So he went from the most assists by a defender in a Premier League season was 10. And then he broke that the season he won the league when he got 12. And I think he's broken that this season with 13 already. And there's half a season to play. So he's a cracking player, Trent. Will I pick my midfield? Yeah, you go. You go for it. So I've gone with Engolo Engolo Conte. I've gone with Marco Verratti. And a bit of a surprise inclusion. I'll probably get slayed for this. But I think Pedri. Mm. Yeah, you mm. did play, play the most games of, what, 20, 21? Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was absolutely everywhere this year for Barcelona and Spain. And when he wasn't with Bar- when he wasn't playing for Barcelona when he was un- when he was injured, I think the the drop off was significant. And I mean, he came on against Real Madrid a couple of weeks ago. He was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I was going to pick Jorginho, but I thought you would, and I thought you'd probably pick Kante and Verratti as well. So it's like I want to be something different. So yeah, I think I think Pedri's only going to get better as well. By the way, he's such a good player. So I'm just going to go with uh, Jorginho. Well, regardless of what people say and regardless of what people think, he won the Euros and he won the Champions League. You know mm. what I mean? And I think that's the best season that a midfielder can have. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he was in the team. He started in, in both finals as well. And mm. he was in the team for both of them consistently. It wasn't like he was just a bench player. He was starting the games. So mm. he has to have some influence regardless of what people think of him. Um, I did, do think he does a good job in controlling the tempo of the game. And I think yep. that's what some people wouldn't really pick up on, but um, I think he did that well for both Italy and Chelsea. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for him and I'll go for Kante because yep. he got the man of the match in every Champions League game he played in, I think. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, every knockout game I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he's my, one of my favourites ever. And when he goes, it's going to be very sad because he's reaching the tail end now, 31 or two. Yeah. Now, I don't think... I wasn't overly rep- impressed with Verratti, to be honest. Um, mm. Do you know what? I'll go with um, Barella. I'll go with Barella. Okay. Because um, I thought he was very good for Italy when he, when he yeah. started to finish the tournament. Yeah, I just think Verratti, for me, man... And don't get me wrong, Jorginho, it's no coincidence that he was involved in both teams that won the Euros and Champions League. Not at all. Um, but I do find he's a product of kind of the system. And I think there's a few players like that. I think, look, not that it's a problem. Like, if he wasn't there, the system wouldn't work as well, you know, yeah, kind of way. That would be my point. But, but I, I do think, I do find, I do think Verratti is much better. Um, yeah. And I just, I just think, I just think Verratti is a better player. And I don't think Jorginho had a bad, bad year at all. But I, I mean, I just, I just personally rate Verratti harder than I do uh, Jorginho. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to give left wing to Chiesa. What a player, man. What a player. Yeah, great tournament. Every time I watched him, he's been absolutely sensational. You know what I mean? He's, he's a fantastic talent and he's going to be around for, for years to come, I think. Um, he's just a flair player you want for your team. Yeah. And for Italy, I think a lot of the success Italy had is due to him. And it's down yeah. to him. So I'll give it to him. And then striker. I'm going to give it to Lewandowski. Lewandowski? Sorry. He, he's had a fantastic season as well. I think he had the most goals in 2021 or something. So you have to give it yeah. to him. And then I'll go with Salah right wing. And you know what? Because I caused so much uproar at Messi last time I picked Salah right wing, I'm going to throw him in instead of Barella. 
So my my midfield <laughs> three will be Jorginho Kante and Messi just in front of them, playing behind the striker, who, which is Lewandowski, and then Chies on the left wing with Salah on the right wing. There you go. Hope that makes the Messi stand happy. Your love for um, Federico Chiesa will never be unmatched, Cran. I'll give you that. I would give my... I'm going to give my front three, Cran. Salah on the right, Lewandowski through the middle, and Lionel Messi off the left. That is my front three, Cran. Like, imagine imagine coming up against those three in a game, man. Imagine coming up against those three. You wouldn't have a hope. Um, look, they're all self-explanatory. I think Salah is... He's kind of hitting a form now where you're kind of like, what else can he do? Um, what can't he do, to be honest? Lewandowski, again, self-explanatory. He's, he's probably the best striker in the world. And then Messi, look, he won player of the year, so you have to have him in there as well. So uh, my he's team, never played left wing, though. Uh, come here, but he, he doesn't play in midfield three, I don't know. <laughs> my team in total, then, Grant, is Donnarumma in goal. Trent, Diaz, Benucci, Cancelo as back four, Kante, Verratti, Pedri in the middle, and Salah, Lewandowski, and Lionel Messi up front. Cran? My um, starting team of the year, Mendy, Edward Mendy in goal. I'll go for Cancelo left back. Sorry, we'll go for Diaz, Benucci, centre-backs, right back. I'll go with Trent. And then in the middle, we'll go with Jorginho, Kante, Lionel Messi playing just in front of them in uh, midfield three and then I'll go with Chiesa left wing Lewandowski <laughs> down the middle and Salah right wing and Cran this is probably um, a bit of a surprise here, but we pick three subs as well will we a defender yeah, a midfielder and a striker so I'm going to pick my three I'll start with the striker I'm going to pick um, Karim Benzema the form he's been in this year has been unbelievable um, I think he's he's nearly, I think he's nearly like Madrid's second top goal scorer of all time or something like that. And he's just again just a, an unbelievable player. Um, midfielder, I'm going to give to Jude Bellingham because I think the potential this fella has is unbelievable. And I think if he comes to the Premier League next season to whichever team, you're just going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy every bit of it. And the defender I'm going with Cran is one Nathaniel Phillips of Liverpool. Uh, no explanation needed. Right, yeah. The Bolton, the Bolton Baresi. What a fella. My three subs now. Um, no, I'm going to go with Thiago Silva, Son, Sonaldo, which will come to the surprise, but I think he carries Spurs. I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, so I'll yeah. go with Son. Do you know what? We'll go with CR7. Yeah, that's fair enough. And that's our FIFA team of the year, folks. Forget it, though. Is this the second edition of Get Out? Third edition of Get Out this, this, this year of 2022. And yeah, I think that, that's a wrap, isn't it? But um, yeah, in a week, Cran, we're Ghana, Algeria, the reigning champs, and the, the champions of our hearts, Sierra Leone, all dipped out of AFCON. The pubs in Ireland are back. We're live and direct. That was a good week, Cran. Yeah. And um, now next week is will be a lot better because we'll be back in person. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard on Zoom. And um, yeah, I hope never to be on Zoom again. <laughs> Don't know about you. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's been a good podcast, Adzi. Good podcast. And mm. um, again, if you are new, I was going to say you know what to do, but they don't. 
Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, LinkedIn. No, not yet. But yeah, follow us all on them. We're, we're active. Adzi's active on TikTok. Mm. Yeah, we have viral uh, J- Jose Saga going up at the moment. Yeah, I think it's on about 14,500 views. So if you're one of the people who liked and viewed it, and you're listening to this for the first time, thanks a million for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, again, constantly hearing good things about the podcast makes me feel good. And yeah, as we keep saying, we teased them for Christmas. We do have big things coming. We do. And all will be revealed once Cran is enriddled with COVID. And look, we love you all. Give your mouth a hug. Give your dad a hug. Tell, you, tell them you love them. Not and yeah, have COVID. Li- not to have COVID. And we'll leave it there, so. We'll leave it there, so.